timing is everything. And I'm so thankful that I was able to not get matched the first time to be an intern there and, and get matched the second time. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sports RD Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession, snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. I'm so excited to have my first interview today with Meredith Price on the podcast. Meredith is going to drop some life lessons, knowledge, and share her insights on the profession. And I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation today. And anyone that's listening will likely take advice from Meredith's experience and use it for your own. Meredith is currently the Associate Director of Performance Nutrition at the University of Washington. She's been in this role since August 2016 and is responsible for planning and implementing all performance nutrition services provided to men's basketball, baseball, softball, tennis, rowing, golf, track, and field teams. Prior to her role at Washington, she was a Sports Nutrition Immersion Program Fellow at the United States Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and traveled as a sports RD to the Rio Olympics in 2016. Meredith completed her Master's in Sports Nutrition at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and completed undergrad studying dietetics at the University of Georgia. Meredith is a member of the Collegiate and Professional Sports Dietitians Association. I think you're all going to enjoy our conversation today. So let's jump in and let's meet Meredith. Hi, Meredith. Welcome to the very first interview of Sports RD Snippets. How do you feel being the very first guest? Um, I am honored to be the first guest. Seriously, I think it's really cool. And um, this is such an awesome thing for the new sports dietitians or upcoming sports dietitians to listen to and just kind of get a feel for how different people kind of made it in their career. And I think everyone's got a different story. So I'm honored to be the first guest and I know you'll have really awesome guests after me too. Thank you. Well, I'm definitely excited to have you. So first, we just kind of want to touch on, I guess, the sports landscape right now. The Big East, the conference I'm in is canceled. The Pac-12, that's Meredith's and it's canceled and a few other sports have kind of canceled across the country due to COVID-19 and you know our hearts go out to all the athletes staff everyone that's affected and it's kind of crazy because I don't think any of us could even imagine that this would still be going on but I do think there's been some positive takeaways I think people are now talking about things that they have time to talk about and care about so just our hearts go out to our athletes and we're thinking about them so let's start off on how we know each other I did the sports nutrition immersion program at UNC. And Meredith, where did you do yours? I was at the USOC, which is now the USOPC, um, so United States Olympic Committee. And yeah, we met, I guess, at the kickoff for SNP, which was in Chicago that year. Yeah, so I feel like we kind of just stayed in touch throughout the years. And then this past year, we went to the McCallum Eating Disorder and Sports Conference in Berkeley, California, which is an amazing conference. If most dietitians work with eating disorders in sports. So um, we also went there and we are both Huskies, East Coast, West Coast Huskies. Mm -hmm. um, what's your Husky's name? I don't think I know the name of your mascot. So we've got Dubs, 
He's the, the actual live mascot. And then we've got Harry the Husky, who's the, you know, human that walks around in, in the stinky costume. <laughs> That's so funny. We just have, we have Jonathan the Husky, which I remember when I first started working there, I was like, I could not put it together that Jonathan was like a dog's name, but now it's second nature to me. It's Jonathan oh, the Husky. So funny. <laughs> all right so let's let's jump in so Meredith can you take us through your career path up until this point like mini Meredith up until now how you got into nutrition let's hear it yeah mini Meredith I went into college having no idea what I wanted to do kind of similar to what your story was on your opening podcast and um, somehow found a nutrition major oh I like to eat somewhat healthy. I think I eat some broccoli sometimes. And then, yeah, just kind of took it from there. Um, I actually didn't do any kind of sports nutrition volunteering in undergrad. I remember the sports dietitian for the University of Georgia came into our class. Her name is Maria Breen. She's still there. And she was looking for volunteers. And I just remember thinking, that is so dumb. Why would I want to hand <laughs> smoothies to football players? Like, I was like, that is just so stupid. So I had a bunch of friends do it. Um, Zach Bennett, for example, who's at LSU now, he was one of the, he was one of the football smoothie hander outers. Um, but no, I didn't want to do it. So sports really wasn't a part of my life at that point, um, as far as nutrition goes. And then I was matched to a dietetic internship after I graduated. Um, it actually wasn't my first choice, so I, I didn't get matched to my first choice. Um, I remember being just so devastated, so upset, and looking back, it's, it's funny to laugh on those moments. Um, but I did mine at Johns Hopkins Baby Medical Center, so it was a really clinically intensive internship, um, probably some of the most clinical weeks of any program, I think, in the country. And, you know, at the time, that's kind of what I thought I wanted. And then I remember a couple of months in, I was just like, oh, this is awful. I'm just not feeling this. I don't like working in the hospital with really, really ill people that don't care what I have to say. Um, and so I remember kind of having a micro panic moment um, and figuring out that I love sports. I love nutrition. Why am I not combining these? So I did little bit of Googling, found some grad school programs that had sports nutrition um, and ended up applying to the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, UCCS for short, and went off um, to do grad school there to get my master's in sports nutrition. So I was, um, I feel like I was pretty lucky in the sense that I was one of two people out of my eight in the cohort that actually was already a dietitian when I went there. Mm -hmm. So it was nice. I was able to um, actually get positions where I was using the dietitian credential. Um, a lot of my classmates weren't at the time. And so I did feel like kind of lucky that I was able to, you know, get the position at the health center on campus as a dietitian. Uh, for example. And um, I loved the program. It was really great. And while I was there, I applied to be an intern at the U.S. Olympic Committee. I did not get it. I remember also being very devastated that I didn't get it and was just like, wow, okay, I guess I'll, I'll move on. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try again. So they had another internship opportunity for the next semester. I applied and I got it this time. Um, 
and it actually ended up working out even better because that was basically a semester closer to the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. Um, so the two uh, classmates that I had that did the internship at first kind of like came and went and then you know, I was there like a little bit closer to the games. And so I feel like that's um, a big part of why I actually got to go to the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. And so, you know, a little life lesson there, just because it doesn't work out the first time doesn't mean it's not going to work out the second time. And um, timing is everything. And I'm so thankful that I was able to not get matched the first time to be an intern there and, and get matched the second time. Um, We'll probably dive into this a little bit later, so I won't go into too much depth, but I met Rob Skinner, who's still the um, senior sports dietitian there at the US Olympic Committee, and he works with the acrobat and combat teams. So he kind of took me under his wing, and um, I was able to have an amazing internship there, and then he wanted the help for Rio, and so I was able to be hired on part-time as a contractor for him too. And then we were kind of trying to figure out, um, you know, what are my next steps? I'm a dietitian, have been for, you know, almost two years at this point, um, had a couple different part-time gigs and obviously wanted to kind of make that next step into a full-time role. And so he encouraged me to apply for the SNP position. He was already going to you know, have a SNP. He had applied to be a host site and it just kind of made sense. Um, you know, I think at the time I interviewed a couple other places and he interviewed a couple other people, but I think it just made sense for me to kind of be the SNP um, and roll right into the Rio 2016 games. And so um, I was the first SNP to go to the Olympics. Sadly, that's still the case uh, because the Olympics have been postponed. Their current SNP you know, still hasn't gone yet. Um, so it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, over four years ago, I was still the only SNP to go. And um, after that, I was still kind of wanting a job, a full-time job. So the SNP was, you know, a little bit temporary. Um, and something opened up at the University of Washington, where I currently am. Reached out to the Director of Sports Nutrition, Emma Fake, and we got connected, went out for an interview got the job and now somehow here I am going into my fifth year time flies <laughs> wow, that is so that was a long story so <laughs> no that was great um something you said at the beginning the smoothies and hating it and but I just like could so relate to that because when I started at UCLA I, I remember I was like I can't tell my director at my dietetic internship that I'm like giving out snacks all day like this is so embarrassing but then you you realize like you start building relationships with like the athletes you get to know them you're educating them on what they're eating what they're drinking how they're fueling and you also realize that like a dietitian every day doesn't like work in the fuel station it's just like a part of the experience so anyone out there that's like why am I handing out smoothies or like what am I doing there's such a bigger cause behind it and it's just it's just a little part of it too. Yeah. I mean, I totally did not understand why that was so important. I just, I, I literally remember scoffing at that, like, I'm better than that. And that's not true at all. <laughs> and also too, like once you start seeing the athletes more, depending on what shift you're on, when you build those relationships, then they're going to ask you questions like, Hey, like, what should I have, you know, before a workout? And then, then you kind of understand like what the purpose is and how you can kind of 
absolutely utilize your role at the fuel station but that was awesome all right so can you tell us a little bit about your olympic experience like that can't be casual just being a dietitian at the olympics <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i feel really lucky that i had that experience and i give 100 percent credit to rob skinner for allowing me to stay on and and help him out down there in rio um the olympics are like a I've never actually been to a bowl game. I, I don't work with football, but I've heard it's like a bowl game just on steroids. So, you know, you're there for five weeks. I was there for about two weeks. Um, everyone's kind of living in the same area. You've got, you know, the, the, the cafeteria slash dining hall. Um, everyone's sleeping in the same kind of area. So it's really like, it kind of felt like summer camp to me. Um, but you know, they were long days. I was getting up at like 4.30 in the morning. Um, you know, even even the the boxers would weigh in like before 6 a.m. And so, you know, there was pretty much something happening 24-7 down there. Um, but it was an incredible experience just to see like the behind the scenes of what actually has to go on. And working with the weight class sport athletes down there, I think it was really impactful that we were there um, because obviously they're trying to maintain their weight or lose those final pounds, kilos, um, while still having the energy to hopefully win a gold medal. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a really unique experience. Um, I, I feel, yeah, I feel so lucky that I was able to go. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, there can't be that many dietitians that have gone. So, I mean, that is pretty incredible for sure. And I know that Rob Skinner was your mentor. Is there one piece of advice or just something that, you know, he said to you during your time with him that has kind of stuck out in your head or just something you've used throughout your career? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, if anyone listening has ever met Rob, and hopefully Rob is listening at some point to this, uh, he's got a lot of great words of advice and words of wisdom. And I was thinking about this this morning, a couple things. Um, one is under promise and over deliver. And so he's, you know, a big advocate for to basically don't say you're going to do all these things and not do it. So it's better to just say, you know, I'm going to do a couple of things and then you blow them out of the water when you do more. And I always thought that was a really great piece of advice. Um, and the other thing is just communication, communication, communication. So <laughs> when I was, um, you know, an intern for him and, and kind of like his assistant dietitian, we would kind of go back and forth sometimes because I'd forget to CC him on an email or I used too many exclamation points or whatever it was. And he's like, you know, you gotta over communicate, over communicate, over communicate. And I don't think I realized the importance of that um, until later in my career. And, you know, I, I would say those two things are, are big Rob things that have stuck with me over time. No, that's awesome. I think communication is huge. And it's crazy too. It's not like there's a class on like how to send a proper email or, you know, with explanation points or how to CC people. But I think it's such an important lesson because no one's going to be upset if you over follow up with someone. And right. I think sometimes that's definitely very helpful. Absolutely. Um, 
So kind of curious, going to University of Washington, working with collegiate athletes, you know, watching a freshman become a senior, huge life skills at the collegiate level, and then the comparison to working with working towards this one goal every four years in a weight cutting sports. What is that like? Or what, I guess, what's your preference of working with different sports or just like pros and cons? Yeah, um, they're very different. I mean, coming from the USOC into UW, like literally like hopped off the plane from Brazil and like was at UW, just so confused. Like I didn't even know what a training table was. I didn't know what a fueling station was. Those terms are very like collegiate, I would say. And so there was definitely a little bit of a learning curve for me. Um, but you know, with, with Olympic athletes, um, some of them are residents at the training center. And so you do see them a lot. And some of them are only coming in every couple of weeks for camps. And so I feel like the biggest difference is, you know, when let's say USA wrestling or USA boxing has a camp, um, they're coming in for three weeks. There's a lot we need to be doing during that three weeks. Mm -hmm. It's like heart, you know, hydration testing, weigh-ins, meal plans, body comp, like DEXAs, um, we're doing RMR testing uh, with the metabolic cart. It's like, you know, it feels really, really intensive for those three weeks. And then, and then they leave. Um, and obviously there's still follow-up, but you kind of have this like window of time where it's really intensive. You're really trying to drill in a lot of nutrition education during that time. And a lot of data is collected during that time as well. Um, and then in the collegiate setting, you know, if, if anyone listening has not worked in the collegiate setting yet, you know, you see these athletes every day. And so your education sessions may be a little more brief. Um, maybe you don't have to cover as much in one setting because you're going to see them tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I, I'd say at UW, we don't really have weight class sport athletes. Um, the closest thing we have would be I guess our coxswains in, in the, on the crew team, because um, they are supposed to be under a certain uh, weight. But uh, I'd say, you know, I, I was able to carry with me a lot of really good information on just kind of like weight management and the Olympic athletes, as far as the weight class sport athletes, they know so much about food, how much it weighs, what's what it's going to do to them on the scale if they eat like two eggs. Right. And then you have these collegiate athletes that literally are coming to you. They're 18 years old. They've never lived away from home and they don't know what has protein in it. They don't know what a carb does. They don't know what a carb is. Um, so I feel like, you know, the collegiate athletes typically have a little bit less um, of a knowledge base, I'd say for nutrition. So it's kind of fun just like doing a full education with them. Like, going back to the basics as we as we say um yeah i've actually never worked with weight cutting sport athletes before so that's definitely unique yeah and i mean we were making meal plans for them for four weeks out six weeks out some of them are like two weeks out so uh sometimes the olympic athletes come to you in almost like a crisis mode like I've got to lose seven kilos or whatever, 10, 12 kilos. And I've got two weeks and you're like, all right, here we go. Um, so I know like Rob has done a really good job in this past cycle, the last four years of really trying to, you know, have them kind of walk around closer to their competition weight and, um, you know, not have these drastic ups Changes. and downs with their, their weight. Mm -hmm. No, that's super cool. That's definitely unique. 
All right. So what do you think is the most challenging part about being a new RD? Anything you've learned about yourself over the past few years that you've gained more experience as you've kind of come into the profession? I think the most challenging part um, is just not fully understanding the dietitian's role in every sense of the word. So, you know, you, you know the science, you know the textbook, um, you've seen patients in your inpatient rotations at the hospital, you've seen patients in outpatient clinics, but I feel like maybe you don't totally understand your role on like multidisciplinary team or just interacting with, you know, administration, strength coaches, athletic trainers. Um, and I think it just takes time. We actually have a SNP right now at UW. So this is our first SNP. She's in her so third, cool. third week with us. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been kind of sitting down with her and just saying, uh, it's okay if you don't know what to do right now. Like we, this is a learning process. It's going to take time. I didn't feel comfortable in my first full-time job at UW for like six months. And when I say comfortable, obviously I felt comfortable at work, but like knowing exactly what I was supposed to be doing, how I was supposed to be doing it, it really takes time. Um, and I feel like it's just something that you just kind of have to be patient with and also not being afraid to reach out to mentors, peers. Um, you know, I told Kennedy, our SNP, I was like, you guys need to start a group chat because they all of their SNP, um, what was it? They're like onboarding basically was all virtual. So they didn't get to meet each other in person. Um, whereas like, you know, Liz, our group, we were bowling in Chicago together. Um, Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, <laughs> many years before COVID. Um, <laughs> But I feel like when you don't have that group of peers, it can be really hard. And, and so not being yeah. afraid to reach out to peers when you have questions and mentors. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's great. I think sometimes you just kind of feel like you're stuck in your own situation and you feel like you can't like get out of it in a way. But just reaching out to like one person can just open up the door to A, feeling better or just normalizing your situation. But but just to just normalize any job you're going to start, like the first six months, it'd be weird if you felt that, you know, you're learning new people, you're learning how your role works within the department. And so I think just normalizing, I would assume every job, it's an adjustment um, versus maybe you're just so giddy and so excited, which is awesome. But just maybe having that, you know, reality of, you know, the challenges to come, but it's not a bad thing. It's a, yeah. it's a learning curve. I'd say one of the things that's helped me a lot too, it's kind of random, but like knowing as many people in my department as possible. So like yeah. meeting all the facilities, um, employees, meeting the marketing team, meeting compliance, like just knowing who these people are. And, and everyone eats. So everyone are. wants to like know yeah. some knowledge. So yeah. no, that's awesome. I love that. And looking back, on your career up until this point, do you have a specific RD moment where you're just like, I love my job. I love what I do. Like, have you ever had those moments in your career where you just kind of have stopped and been like, wow, I can't believe this is my job. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's so many different types of those moments. Like even last year, I guess spring of 2019, being able to be a dietitian at March Madness, I just remember being like, oh my God, I'm at March Madness right now and we're playing and we're winning. 
Um, and you know, it's like those types of moments, but then it's also moments where you see an athlete and you've been trying and trying and trying to get through to them. And it's taken so long. Maybe it's taken a year, maybe it's taken two, three years. And then finally it clicks and you're like, Oh my God. Yes. Finally. I think every sports dietitian can relate to that. That's just so like such a clutch thing. For sure. Awesome. No, I mean, we're, we're so lucky to have the jobs that we do. And I think our field is incredible and, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It is. I know. I, I've just been like reflecting and obviously with quarantine, depending on when you went back to work or when you're still working from home, it's like to be able to wake up and love what you do every day. Like, I don't know how many professions can really say that, but I really do believe sports dietitians wake up and they love what they do. So if you want to become a sports dietitian, it's definitely rewarding. All right. So now on to the rapid fire round. Are you ready? Whew. I think so. It's still early. I'm out on the West Coast. I think you can handle it. Okay, okay. (laughs) Red grapes, red grapes, or green grapes? Red. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I shouldn't comment on these things. Okay, favorite post-game meal? Oh, Um, un, or I don't want to say unhealthy, but a little more gluttonous, probably Chick-fil-A for sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, but if I were, if I was actually trying to, you know, have them recover like between games or something, um, what are they? Gosh, I don't know. They love anything that's like a breaded baked chicken. They loved mashed potatoes. Um, and I always throw some veggies in there. I like the Chick-fil-A part. We're also regular humans too. I'm sure most sports dietitians <laughs> think of this, but if you're a, not a sports dietitian, we also <laughs> eat other foods. <laughs> It is true. Okay, how to make a smoothie, Greek yogurt or protein powder? Um, I use protein powder. Well, we use both at UW. I say protein powder because I feel like I can't get the consistency right when I add Greek yogurt because then it's like kind of a liquid, but also solid. I can teach you. It messes me up. Yeah. And now our last question. Are you ready? Uh-huh. If you could tell your younger RD self one thing, what would you say? I would say that it's okay to not know what you want and keep gaining experience, keep trying new things until you figure out what you do want. Um, I think sometimes it's so discouraging and you feel like, I don't know what I want to do. I mean, I still feel that way. Um, But I think when you're younger as a dietitian, like, the world is so vast and you're like, how do I possibly know what I want to do? And just, I would say, be patient, explore a little bit, like try a couple areas out, see if you like them. Um, and you'll find what you like until you're ready for the next thing. I love that. Well, Meredith, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being the very first guest and have a great day. Thanks, Liz. Go Huskies. Go Huskies. Okay, go West Coast Huskies. Go, East Coast go Huskies. Huskies. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the very first interview on Sports RD Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. 
share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports RD about it. Rate or review the podcast if you found it helpful. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. If you made it this far, I so appreciate it. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I'll have a veteran Sports RD guest you won't want to miss.